Yeah, dude, dude, bro thinks it thinks it's, thinks it's for them when it's actually making fun of dude, bro. Yes. Let's go. Black Market Toast Podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it up as something completely new. That's that's the words. Uh, this is episode 122, I believe, um, and we are jumping off of Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery, and we've got a new intro song. Uh, Joe, you just heard it. No, you didn't. No, didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do all that in post-production. Sorry. Um the uh, the the new intro song is the intro for uh, Revelator's single that is dropping tomorrow called "Make a Scene." Uh, if you're listening to this on on Thursday, the fifteenth of April, uh, tomorrow. Otherwise, it's already out. Um, so, uh, Austin Powers, um, which is a movie that. It's making fun of a lot of gross things, but probably wouldn't be made now because it would be conflated with, you know, actually doing the gross things. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Basically, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's very much yeah. a, uh, yeah. I don't think it is a movie that can be made I mean, now. A parody in general is going to be very hard to make right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's obviously making fun of the 1960s spy movie and... and and very tongue-in-cheek making fun of of the tropes but at the same time it is using the tropes to make fun of the tropes right which um, is a problem i mean it it, it it wasn't un actually it's been pretty common in comedy ever since there's been comedy but uh right. it, it is a lot harder to do now because a lot of people you know if you're using something to make fun of it they you know associate it with the same you're thing still right? you're still it. using it yeah yeah uh, you're still using it you're still you're still profiting off of it in some way right right uh, which is why something like yeah. Chappelle's show could never get made anymore like it's right yeah yeah and and why certain parts of dave Chappelle's stand-up comedy are just not okay anymore yeah. even though he continues to use it and defend it and yeah so um yeah so austin powers um you know last week we 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 went with a a a movie or last week last time we don't do this weekly um last time we went with uh a a movie that followed a musical trend and and this one actually kind of sparked a little bit of a a lounge music trend for like a couple of months there yeah um you, you vaguely remember it, you know, back in the late nineties. Uh, yeah, there was a little touch of lounge music there for, for a few months around the Austin Powers release. Um, but you know, that they, they actually, uh, for the soundtrack, uh, some of the songs were done by a super group that they put together for it, which included like, uh, Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs and all kinds of, of great, you know, uh, alternative rock veterans, um, which, yeah, fun fact, <laughs> I guess. It's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to shit on Austin Powers because it was one of those things that yeah. got, like, oversaturated in the culture 
And this yeah, is one yeah. of the first movies personally that I remember like dudes overly like quoting the movie to the right, point where it because got, they didn't get the they didn't they didn't get that it was a joke. Right, right, and you know, kind of in the Borat vein now of you know. Borat got worn mm-hmm. out in pop culture because every, you know, idiot dude was, you know, it's nice, you know. So, yeah. but Austin Powers yeah, d- was the dude first. Dude bros think it's right, for them. Right, right. Yeah, dude dude bro thinks, it, thinks, it's, thinks it's for them when it's actually making fun of dude bro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so that was, uh, uh, this was the first movie that I really remember um, it being like that. You know, where mm-hmm. where a bunch of dudes were just overly quoting the movie thinking that they were clever right you know well and and you know honestly if they had just stopped with the first movie it wouldn't be as big of a problem but when you when you got to get in my belly and stuff like that in 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 the subsequent films where they kind of were leaning into dude bro they were you know they 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 were they were they were going for that audience in 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 the second two movies whereas in the first one you can view it as as satire and making fun of those people um yeah 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 and i agree and i I mean not to say that austin powers did not bring this totally on themselves but i mean i also understand why they made the other movies this movie made a ton of like this movie made a lot of money but the other two made like hundreds of millions of dollars so i mean i get it yeah but yeah they i mean they overexposed themselves at, at it at one it all at the same time made Mike Myers a huge amount of money and made him, you know, even more of a household name than Wayne's World did. Right. Even though Wayne's World got him heading that way. Yeah. But at the same but time, Wayne's World was still a Saturday kind Night of, Live movie, whereas Austin Powers was right. its own kind of, you didn't know Austin Powers from anything else. Right. You know, it right. was just kind of, yeah. we're doing like the Naked Gun meets James Bond, but I, they did it a lot more did a lot better than the naked gun honestly right Uh, and but at at the same at the same time it made him a household name but also put him in a position where he couldn't make a good movie after it right he he really got typecast he had to go on he had to go on to the love guru which tanked his career right right. you know it that that had to happen Uh, either that or he just had to keep making austin powers movies until he died which is not also something he didn't want to do right so and really it took up until what was it inglorious bastards to where he was he had any kind of film role that wasn't just goofball yeah he was really good at inglorious bastards like i enjoyed like the more serious like you know british war Mm -hmm. officer mike myers like that was fine yeah yeah but uh but for it as easy as it is to shit on the franchise of austin powers this movie's actually pretty Mm -hmm. good like it's a it's a good like fun watch still i i expected more cringe than correct correct they were a lot more subtle than like let's say the naked gun movies were where they went really over the top with the parody and the jokes and everything like austin powers was it was a parody movie that was trying not to be a parody movie but knew at its heart it was a parody movie yes and i mean even the it's a man baby thing i i knew that was coming and knew it was going to be bad but they did it where the first shot is definitely a woman and when you cut back to it it is a different person so it's a little bit better as opposed to the the 
complete fuckery that is Ace Ventura pet detective on that yeah. front. Yeah. Um, where we cannot even get close to that movie um, in, in the 2020s. Uh, <laughs> because of that ending. Um, but yeah, uh, even when... It, it was clearly tongue in cheek and they were, it was clearly making fun of itself at the same time that it was making fun of, you know, all, it was making fun of James Bond, you know, straight oh, up, yeah. you know, but that being said, and it was making fun of James Bond, but it may have also saved mm-hmm. James Bond. So, and, and here's, <laughs> here's of, where yeah. I'm going with this, uh, because of, because of, uh-huh. while I was doing research on this, uh, Daniel Craig said that, uh, you know, the reason why the more recent Bond movies were very serious was because Austin Powers made the little, like, goofy tongue-in-cheek stuff that went yeah. along with the old Bond films made it impossible to do those because Austin Powers made it right. so, like, relevant and so aware goofy. and goofy. Right. He, he yeah, created yeah. it so... Ma- made it where everybody everybody would see it instantly. Right, yes. right. Yes. So Daniel Craig was saying, like, we have to make the new Bond movie serious because we can't be Austin Powers. Right. And so, to me, I've enjoyed the new, more serious Bond movies a lot more than the old, you know, kind of goofy ones. So, to me, I might have if I had, made James Bond if better. I had managed, if I had bothered to watch any of them, I, I would possibly agree with. I like James Bond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like uh, you know, Joel Schumacher made fun of Batman so well that we had to get Christopher Nolan in. <laughs> Is that, whether I'm, does yeah, that work the same way? Sure. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no way uh, Batman Forever and, and Batman and Robin were were real Batman movies, right? Those were parodies, right? Yeah. They felt like it. <laughs> they were treated like it, it felt like. I mean, compared to the two Burton films, they were definitely parodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were at the very least, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were parodies. Yeah, yeah. We'll just go with intentional comedy. Right. Let's go with that. Right, intentional, yes. unintentional comedy. Yeah, let's just go with that's what they were trying for, yeah. and that makes it better. Yeah, a bit, I guess. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, we touched on Mike Myers. Um, Mike Myers is like ten different parts in this movie so uh it's hard to jump to other <laughs> to, to other actors he, he he pulled a full-on eddie murphy in in half of eddie murphy's movies um where he is dr evil he is austin powers he is you know 18 other people he did. um you run into carrie fisher had a cameo in the movie though that was nice yes she was yes, she yes. was the therapist um yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean that was the only other thing where I, you know, noticed it and was like, oh god, that's Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh, 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 a real person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. Will Ferrell or Mike Myers or Seth Green. You know, your your usual cast of like mid '90s SNL kind uh-huh. of goofballs. Well, it, '90s Carrie Fisher cameos are always interesting. Yeah. Um, because you know there was the Jane Silent Bob cameo from Carrie Fisher um, as the as the 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 head nun. Yeah. Let's go with head nun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's one way to do it. 
That's <laughs> one way to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, rules of the road, none. There we go. That, that's a little nicer. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, so, yeah, Gar Carrie Fisher, if you saw Carrie Fisher on screen in, in the mid to late 90s, it was going to be interesting. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, she lived a full life and she expressed herself completely. Completely. Yeah, and, and was that, unapologetic that is, about all that, of it. That, so good for her. Yep, that's yeah. So fuck it, she lived her life. You know, pour one out if you got yep, one. Yep, yep. And I guess it like yep, I know yep. he did stuff before this, but it really kind of launched Seth Green's career for as much as like I mean, kind of. Well, it made Seth it, Green I mean, relevant it, because I mean after this, Seth Green yeah. was able to do Family Guy. You know, because of Austin Powers, Seth Green was Chris and Family Guy, and because of that. He had the inroads yeah. in like with animation and stuff, which led to Robot Chicken and everything else. That's kind of that he's gotten to do creatively after this. Like it, it did make him a movie star, yeah. But it did make uh, yeah, it did I mean, make he, his career kind of in comedy. He had he 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 was already in the 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 uh, the teen movie track kind of. Um, he was in some of those, so you know he was a face that you recognized at least. Um, even in even in Austin Powers, it was like, hey, I know that guy. Who's that guy? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it kind of it kind of bumped him up a little bit more. You know, ga gave him some money so he could uh, you know be a little more selective uh, about his projects and and just kind of pursue projects that he wanted to do, like Robot Chicken, uh, which was completely his thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I mean, and like I said, doing yeah, yeah. Family Guy. You know, he got Family Guy from this, I'm almost positive, because this came out in, like, 97, 98. Mm -hmm. Family Guy came out in 99. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Okay. And Family Guy, you know, really got him on the map, you know, yeah. up in kind of its yeah. own little stratosphere where he can go to, you know, Adult Swim and be like, hey, this is what I want to do. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of the other <laughs> thing that came out of it. Other than that, I mean, it's... So, Austin Powers, it, it is, I will say with this movie... I was very aware of how dated it was when I watched it. Like, it's not, okay. you know, where we've watched some things that were, you know, oh, wow, this kind of translates, like, it still clicks, okay. you know, 30, 40 years later, whatever. Right. This definitely, I, I knew I was in the late 90s. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. But it was the late 90s acting like the late 60s. Right. <laughs> which is, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how that translates. Well, I, to I guess I do. I mean, because the late dated. '90s, we were trying to make yeah. it the '60s again. We had a Woodstock, and we, you know, tried to do all this other stuff Damn. and kind of take it back to, you know, yeah. the '60s and '70s. I don't know. I guess maybe I was just that age when it came out that it just, yeah, I, I yeah. very much felt like, okay, this is not anything current. It doesn't yeah, translate it, to anything it definitely, current. It's nothing. You know, this is dated. Mm -hmm. I, I. I Definitely would, yeah. It definitely doesn't feel like anything past, say, 2010. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily, you know, other than, you know, the clear, the, the clearness of the picture is basically what keeps it from being a 60s movie. Yeah. Yeah. It know? is a little too sharp. Um, <laughs> you know. And and honestly, it's a it's it's. It's not rough enough around the edges to be a '70s movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not contemporary with Blazing Saddles. Right. Um, but yeah. So I, I mean, mean, the movie's funny, but it, it's not it, that funny. It, like, it's not Blazing Saddles funny. Like, well, it's I, not. Well, and, and also, you know, and, and also, it's cringy, but it's not that cringy. Right. Well, yeah, that's also true. Um, 
<laughs> so there's that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I, I mean, it, I guess that kind of fits in. Yeah, I guess that's dated because it's because comedy evolves. So just kind of knowing the voice of the time is going to date comedies more than anything. If you do, even yeah, if you do a yeah, period so. piece that's uh, a comedy, it's still going to reflect the comedic the commit what peer right and what period was popular of that time you know the yeah, 60s the, are the comedic now. it's going to be the comedic sensibilities of the time when it was made versus the time that it's reflecting on right right which is yeah. but it's why something like you know an old school or something like that doesn't feel quite as dated as this because it wasn't okay right it was filmed in the time it was filmed that's why the office is still funny you know 20 years later almost mm-hmm. because it, it's not good. Like you said, going back to a period and doing comedy on it, it is right. You know, just a, this is the current time. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. up until somebody breaks out a flip phone or, you know, you kind of look at the computers before you go, Oh yeah, the show's 20 years old. Oh yes. This is a period piece. Yeah. This is now period. Yeah. yeah from the two thousand is Yeah. That period is college and young adulthood, but yeah, it's period. Sure. For some people. I mean, <laughs> everybody does these things at different points in time you have to realize that that is true yes 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 there's a a an an episode of of growing pains when mike siever stays home from school and because he's sick and he realizes that all the tv shows come on during the day even when he's not there and that's what we just went through with joe bright yeah think so <laughs> the world does not revolve around you joe it was not high school and college for everyone <laughs> it was high school and college for me okay actually this wasn't even high i don't even think this was high school for me when when did this was this 97 98 yeah somewhere when in there yeah 97 yeah i was 14 yeah. or i was 13 years old when this came out yeah I, I was in japan when this came out so yeah it was probably yeah late mid to late 90s yeah yeah late 90s. I, and that's yeah. why this movie still kind of connects for me because I was the target audience of Austin Powers International Made right. Mystery. Well, it's, and I was the know, target audience too because I was, you know, I was early twenties, you know. Right. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on both ends of the target audience, which to me tells me that like within the next ten years or so, maybe there'll be like nostalgia for this. Like I can see them making an Austin Powers four because everybody that was the like prime age for this movie is uh-huh. now an adult and you know so now we want our kids to find what we found funny funny so there will be an appetite for this to come back out right well the only the only thing that has to happen is that Beyonce has to have a huge downturn in 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 her uh in her uh uh career and be able to be brought back so that will never happen Beyonce will be yeah. popular forever exactly forever uh, crap my my laptop just hit battery saver mode so i think we're gonna make this a short podcast this time all right um weird um i will try to charge it better for next time um and for next time let's let's do some music all right we'll do uh it's from the mid 2000s and you've probably never heard of it uh it's a, a band out of athens Thanks, georgia Hipster. called what you got called modern skirts uh and we're gonna go with their debut album which was a catalog of generous men um and it's 
it's a fun album, and I think we will enjoy talking about it. There's a lot to talk about with it, really. Sounds um, good. It, I may have actually seen them on tour. Like, I may have actually seen them before. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I saw them at the handlebar, but there was only like four people in there. Unless you were the other two people on the other side of of, of remember, the handlebar. I was in I was in college, so if they played in Columbia or Charleston, oh, I was okay, probably okay. like I, there's a good chance I was around. Okay, so yeah, we'll talk about um, you know a, a localish band from the 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 mid two thousands and and jump off of that. Um, until then. Uh, I am at Woodle underscore on the Instagram and uh, my Instagram is I'm that Joe, you know, and, and as I said at the top, uh, my, my band Revelator is dropping a single uh, called Make a Scene on um, April 16th, which is tomorrow as of the day we're dropping this. But, you know, you're listening may vary. Um, so that's uh, that's all. And uh, we'll talk at you next time.